Iconic makeup artist. Beauty industry revolutionary. Entrepreneur. Bobby Brown is all these things and so much more. Throughout her career, she has crossed paths with some of the most accomplished people at the top of their field. These conversations are a look into their inspiring lives because everyone has a story. This is Long Story Short with Bobby Brown. Today on Long Story Short, I'm looking forward to speaking with my friend Susan Feldman, who is the founder of One Kings Lane and has this cool new website, Get in the Groove. And Michelle is here listening and helping. And Michelle, I'll describe her as my sidekick who I kind of stole out of the Apple store. So Michelle helps me on everything from like if my part in my hair needs a little bit of touch up or if I need some lip gloss or she's really good at bringing me hot water between uh, guests. So Michelle, what were your thoughts on Susan? So Susan has like a really cool backstory and she seems to be like a serious entrepreneur and she actually worked with you on the George, which is pretty cool. She did. Did you actually meet Susan when we were working on the George project? Only once. I actually went Mm -hmm. with Susan to California to the natural food show. We walked around the natural food show in the very beginning of F18. But I think Susan is really interesting because she is an entrepreneur. She really figured out that people would want to buy couches and chairs and lamps and rugs and all decorator things digitally. And it really blew up. And she sold the company and she started a whole new thing. So I love talking to women who just keep reinventing themselves. Here's my conversation with Susan Feldman. You know, I first met you through a mutual friend, Reese Witherspoon, because after I left the company and I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with myself, she's like, oh my God, you have to meet this woman who was at the time the founder, and were you the CEO or just the founder? Founder. 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 I was a chief merchandising officer for a while. All right. Um, So the founder of One King's Lane. Right. So I don't remember where we first met. Was it in California? We went in California. We had yeah. dinner at the Tower Bar. Right, with our husbands. With our yes. husbands, yeah. And I feel like we were both on not the same journey, but, you know, right. we definitely had, you know, transition built, built businesses and we're starting something new, right? right? A whole new, but both at like, I'm a little bit older than you, not but much, like but yeah. by a few years, you yeah. know, but like sort of at a point in our life where maybe a lot of people wouldn't necessarily be doing that. Right. So I think there was like, you know, we were a little bit kindred spirits that way. Yeah. And I read today that you were in your early 50s when you launched? Mm-hmm. 53. Wow. Yeah. So so take me back. Where did you grow up? Oh, my God. I well, You don't I, remember? <laughs> no, I do remember. It's just so many places. Uh, I okay. moved eight times before I graduated okay. high school. My dad was uh, in retailing and was kind of working his way up the corporate ladder. So I was born in Atlanta, Georgia, moved to Birmingham, Alabama, Stanford, Connecticut, St. Louis, Missouri, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Scarsdale, New York, wow. and then w- Atherton, California. Oh, my gosh. Went to three high schools. Uh-huh. Um and then, of course, my parents, when they moved to Northern California, stayed there for another 40 years. Never oh. moved. I was like, could oh. you have figured this out just a little well, bit sooner? So where are they from originally? So my dad was uh, from the Bronx, mm-hmm. um, and my mom was originally from Milwaukee. Okay. Yeah. All right. So so not a Southern 
No, no, my dad was went down there because he started in the Macy's training program and actually, ironically, ended up at Macy's, California. But at the time, I mean, retail was very different back then. There was a store down south called Davison's, which then became Macy's South. And now, you know, I'm not even sure what all they're all Macy's. Uh, Right, exactly. Right. I don't remember the last time I've been in a Macy's, let alone a department store. Yeah. So that was that was in Atlanta. And then there was another department. So there were so many different departments stores back then because you know there were all these like family businesses so the the store in Birmingham doesn't exist anymore either okay. and so where did you go to college I went to Stanford oh excuse me okay <laughs> you went to Stanford and what did you study in Stanford I studied psychology okay yeah all I right. thought I wasn't at the time when I started I thought I was actually wanted to work with kids mm-hmm. um, I spent a lot of time when I was there you know working with um, autistic kids in a program there which was fun but I was always working part-time uh, at, at Macy's and I really actually loved doing that. So when I graduated, I actually went into like one of those executive training programs at a department store in Los Angeles. At the time it's called Bullocks, uh, which is now of course Macy's. Right. <laughs> There's a common thread here. Um, and I did that for four years and I was very successful. And, and then all of a sudden I woke up and I said, you know what? I don't know, maybe I'm supposed to be like an investment banker and I don't even know it because I've been in retail my whole life and Mm -hmm. I come from a retail family. So I went back to business school. I went to UCLA. I got my MBA. I kind of tried to push myself along an MBA type of path with, you know, more of a uh, kind of product management positions, but in big companies like a Procter & Gamble, a General Mills. So so you've done those I was going to do that. Oh, you didn't do it. I was going to do, I had all these job offers. And then I went to talk to somebody at Macy's New York, who was a friend of mine who was in HR. And I got like very excited, like more excited than I had been. And so it's like, okay, this is my path. I should come back to this. So I moved to New York. I was a buyer at Macy's for a year. And then somebody that I had done business with called and said, hey, would you be interested in running our sales organization? You know, so like in the in that world, it's kind of going to the other side, going to the wholesale side, mm-hmm. the side that actually sells to the stores. And I said, yes, like, when can I start? Right. For what company? Uh, it, was a, it was a swimmer company, Cola California. Okay, sure. Uh, I Cola did California. their fashion shows. Exactly. Yeah. Cola California. At the time, they were owned by Gulf and Western. Mm-hmm. Like Do they that, still exist? They do exist, yeah, but it's like, different. I mean, it's yeah. a million different iterations. And actually, I was with them for 18 years, but they, I say, I went through every financial like trend with them because they were part of Gulf and Western. Because at that time, these big companies were acquiring companies. Then they said, Why do we acquire these companies? So they divested them. So we got bought by another company. Then that company, Sold this, sold the company to an investment group that did an LBO. Then the company went bankrupt. Then it got bought out That's of an LBO, a leveraged buyout. Okay. Um. Anyway, and then we got bought by Warnico, which is a big apparel mm-hmm. company at the time, and I worked for them for ten years. Mm-hmm. Uh, until I decided, I thought maybe I'll try something besides swimwear because I'd okay. done that for a long time. Right. And then where'd you go? Well, so while I was there, we launched Ralph Lauren Swimwear. So I got very friendly with the licensing people at Ralph Lauren and they said, hey, we're launching sleepwear. Would you come and do that? So I went and launched sleepwear for them. And then I was there for a while and then left and went to actually Polo Jeans, which was another mm-hmm. licensing. So I never actually worked at Ralph Lauren, right. but I worked with them with their licensed businesses. Um, and I was at Polo Jeans running their women's business, and my husband had an opportunity to move to Los Angeles to go work at DreamWorks Animation. And we looked at each other. We said, 
why not? And this we, is your first husband. My second husband. Your second husband. Yeah. Okay. You so, skipped over where you dumped your first. Oh one. yeah, he, he got <laughs> lost somewhere okay, in between okay, okay, in, okay. in the swimwear years. Right, he gotcha. got you know got right. divorced. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Was you know on my with own. a couple kids. I have two girls. Right. Um, was on my own for five years, and then met Bob, who's now my husband. Love who's of the my sweetest life. man. Yeah. Sweetest. Smart, man. like funny, yeah. great guy. Where'd you meet him? Blind date. Uh-huh. You know, I said I've had two great blind dates. One is Bob Feldman, and the other one is Allie Pincus, who is my uh-huh. co-founder at One Kings Lane. Okay, but that wasn't a real date date. But it was kind of like a blind okay. date. Like somebody literally introduced us over the internet on an email. Wow. Like we did, that's how we met. And what did he do before? It was, a, no, the, I met. Um, oh, it was a date date? No, no, no. So I met Bob. That right. was a blind date. Yes, so a gotcha. mutual friend introduced us. But Allie, who is my business partner mm-hmm. at One Kings Lane, right. somebody, I told somebody I was looking for a digital media ah, person. Gotcha. So I think I might know somebody. And she like literally just sent an email. And I lived in Northern California and Allie lived, I mean, I lived, Allie lived in Northern California. Oh, losing my mind. And I lived in Los Angeles and we started like communicating, you know, like you would, like if somebody was fixing you up every day, emailing, talking on the phone. And finally I said, you've got to come to LA. I need to meet you. She came, we got along, uh, you know, it was like all great. We sort of had this vision together. But how did you, okay. So, so spent your life in retail, highly educated, really smart, knew a lot of people and other, I mean, it wasn't like it was happening yet. You were, you were, it was your idea. So explain how even the idea for One King's Lane and for anyone that's listening that doesn't know what One King's Lane is, it's like the first and the biggest digital online source for home, for home home. decor. Yeah. Yeah. In an editorial upscale way. Totally. But with affordable prices. Yeah. Yeah. Value. value. So I, I would say it, they inspire, gives you access to, you know, great product. Um, I think what happened was we moved to LA, uh, we bought a house and I became literally like obsessed with, you know, sort of not just decorating it, but also living, like entertaining. Because I'd lived in Manhattan most of my adult life. Actually, I'd lived in an apartment since I left my parents' house to go to college. You know, I never had lived in a house after that. And so being in this house, it was like, I was literally like a crazy person. It was like, how much could I entertain? How much could I decorate? I was like, it was just really something I was really enjoying a lot. And, you know, there's great stores in Los Angeles, but back in, think about back in 2007, 2006, there just wasn't very much, there weren't very many options to right. shop online, especially for unique, interesting products. Like, because well, you would go to Bloomingdale's, right? Yeah, Bloomingdale's, or, you know, the big box stores had right. websites, you know, yeah. Crate and Barrel, Restoration Hardware, but that's not what the kind of things that I was looking for. Um, and then, this flash sale model kind of came on the scenes in apparel. And I was in apparel at the time and I did a sale with the company I was with, with one of the sites. And I was like, whoa, this is like amazing. Like we sold like 1600 t-shirts in a day. And I'm like, there's something here. Nobody's doing anything at home. Like, why not? Like I can do this. Well, you had never been an, uh, an entrepreneur until that, that moment. I had by myself, but I feel that throughout my career, I had been in situations that were entrepreneurial. Like right. I guess that's the yeah. best way to say it. Uh-huh. I worked in big companies, but was running my own businesses, even as a buyer in a department store is very entrepreneurial because you're given the task of a business and it's your business and you have to figure out how to grow it and develop it and, you know, all that fun stuff. So that felt very entrepreneurial to me. So I think I had the confidence 
of like being an entrepreneur, even though I always had somebody behind me when I finally made the decision to do that. Hmm. Um, okay. And also, I mean, your father was a big role model. Totally. Very your, much Your so. father went back to school and got his... M yes, MFA. MFA. His master's at 80. At 80? Yeah. That's amazing. So from retail, he left retail and got into real estate? Yep. He, so he was in charge of Macy's stores in California. He retired at 65, not really wanting to retire. So he wasn't really ready to, you know, turn it in. At 65, at, they, like, make you leave? They kind of did back then. Jeez. You know. Okay. Um, anyway, so he said, hey, you know what? I know all the, the malls. I know all the mall owners in Northern California. I'm going to go get my commercial real estate license. So literally, he went to work at Caldwell Banker. And there, he, every year, he would be one of the top brokers along with, you know, like four 25-year-old kids. Right, It'd be yeah. like my dad. and then It was very cute. But And he loved doing that, and I think he really enjoyed that. But he really ha had this desire to paint. And so, you know, he'd been kind of a weekend warrior painter, you know, throughout my life. And he went back to San Jose State, built his portfolio up, and applied to California College of Arts and was accepted at 78. That's so cool. Yeah. So, I mean, it's pretty amazing to walk your dad at, watch your dad at uh, 80, cap and gown, you know, so get a degree. adorable. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Yeah. So, you know, very mm -hmm. inspirational. And then he painted, like, you know, he was very prolific for the next eight years till he passed away. Oh, my dad became a children's book author at, at 70. Yeah. And he's 83. And now he is, um, he's been working on a screenplay. It's been with these producers for two years. And now he's done with these producers. Now he, I have to, I have to introduce him to some new people in Hollywood. Yeah, that's so amazing. He's, and he's so into it. But I think it's so great. I think it's what keeps you young. Yeah. You know, my dad was... He was one. I learned so much from him. Besides that, you know, he constantly sort of followed his passion. But he was a learner. Um, I mean, even almost to the day he passed away, he would spend a day every once a week. He'd go to the Apple Store and just basically show up and say, "Teach me something." Uh -huh. You know, oh. like I want to. I don't want to get left behind. You know, in this, really, that's this so cool. world. So I want to learn something. And it was great. You know, it's a, it really, it's like sticks in my mind. Like, you know, you, you have to be curious and you got to keep learning, especially in today's world. Right. So when you launched One Kings Lane, like what was that like and how many years were you there? I was there for the whole thing. So it was okay. seven years before we sold the company. Okay. Uh, we launched, so we, Allie and I formed our LLC mid, it was like November 2008. We launched uh, the end of March 2009. So like basically mm. in five months, we got everything done up and running. And literally from the day we launched, it was just like, you know, I said it's like letting a genie out of a bottle. It was like crazy, like rapid mm. uh, growth. I mean, we, the first day we did like $1,600 and, you know, by November, that was March, right? By November, we we're doing a million dollars a month. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was nuts. Oh, my God. It was really crazy. Well, the offices, the first time I went there, I just couldn't believe it. It was so big and beautiful on Hudson Street. Yeah. All these, like, great areas. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, I think that's who the brand was, right? So the offices needed to be reflective of, of that. It was important for us. And, uh, you know, we had an amazing team. The team that worked there was so passionate about home and, you know, finding great things for the customer. And thanks to you that One Kings Lane was our launching partners at the George Hotel. I know. Which is yeah, awesome. Which was really neat. Yeah. And, um, 
And now you sold the company. We sold the how company. many years ago? About and two and a half. Two and a half years ago to Bed Bath and Beyond. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, were there many suitors? Yeah, it was a, it, it was interesting. Um, it was an interesting process. I think they you know made the most sense for a lot of different mm-hmm. reasons. Um, I think the one of the biggest reasons is that we really saw one of the like future initiatives stores. Uh, because you know what started as an online business, we really realized you know, not you know maybe four years ago, that you had to be where the customer was. So mm-hmm. the online was obviously a big part of it, but like you needed to have a store, you needed to do catalogs, you needed to be in a lot of different places to, you know, speak to her. We say her because it was like ninety eight percent women. Uh-huh. Um, and so they have such expertise in stores. I mean, they have 1,200 stores, they're a real estate department. They understand how to go in and negotiate lease and find great spaces. And they've done a terrific job. We have a store in Southampton now. We have a store in Soho. But you keep saying we. You keep saying we have a store. Oh, one can claim. Okay. But yeah. I mean, are, do you have anything to do with it I'm today? They're in an advisory capacity. Okay. So, okay. you know, but very small. I don't, right. you know, I really don't. I feel like it's a we because I feel okay. like it's something that I created and I'm proud to walk down the street in Soho here and see a One King's Lane store. Yeah. Yeah. And how was the transition working with the big corporation after you being? It's it's hard. I mean, I think they were, they were nothing but nice to mm-hmm. me and they were great, but it's really hard after you start something. I mean, I'm sure I don't have yeah. to explain this right. to you. And, we're... you know, you did it and were there for a long time. So I give you a lot of credit, yeah. but to, you know, go into a, like a large corporation where there's a lot of different kind of rules than you're used to working with. It's, it's the kind of one of like, ah. Right. <laughs> I like... know people always seem surprised when I talk about you know, the one of one of the many reasons I left was because I did not want to follow rules. I wanted to make the rules. Yeah. Like that's I, but every founder feels that way. I think that's true. And so I think it would have been really like I'm it would have been very hard for me to actually be there and run the business. I was happy to help transition the business and do whatever I could to make that easy and, you know, have everybody land properly. But it's re- it's really hard after you've done your own thing to, you know, then be told like you said, what to do because you're used to making the rules. Right. And how much time between leaving, selling your company, leaving like day to day and to starting your next gig, which we will talk about? Um, I had the idea as we were selling the company, but it really took me about two years before I could actually like make it happen. And actually, I remember talking to you. You were funny. You're like, just do it. Yeah. What are you waiting for? Uh-huh. And I was like, I don't know. It's like, I really, I think I needed to process what had happened, the journey that we right. went through. And I think also- Yeah, I'm not was, a processor. I just kind of jump in from one thing I, to another. I tend to be like that. But yeah. I, this was, I, I definitely realized in retrospect now that I needed to take a little bit of time to just sort of regroup, reset, mm, right. refresh, whatever. Um, and I think as a second time founder, it's been interesting because I second guess myself a lot more than I did the first time. Really? Yeah, I have like way too much information. Like I wish I didn't know half of what I know. See, I'm the opposite. Yeah. I'm the opposite. I just, I, I also learned something really valuable. Like I don't think there's anything that's a failure. Like if something doesn't work, it's just like a sign to do something else. It's a, it's a lesson learned. It is. Yeah. It is. And just like, okay, so that didn't work. All right, well, then let me do something different. Yeah. And and with our like retail marketplace right now, who knows? Like even if we figure something out right. today, right. next month it could be totally different. Yeah. 
You have. I think I think that's true. I just um, you know I've been running like crazy person for seven years, and I think I didn't give myself enough credit to think like, oh, you know, maybe I should just wait three months before I go do something. So I tried to start. But I was like, at one point, it was funny. I said to Bob, I don't understand. I'm not moving forward. Like, I felt like I had my feet in quicksand or something. And then I realized what it was. I just, like, I wasn't ready to actually do it. And then I hired somebody to work with me. And then right. that was it. That was Because you game kept changer. saying to me, I need a Tara. I need a Tara. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, yeah, I, you need a Tara. I need a Tara. Yeah, right. we could clone her. That would have right. been good. I mean, it's funny because my husband always, like, he's like, how do you describe what she does? I said, I can't. Yeah, she's amazing. But I can't make a move without her. Right, right, right. Yeah. You know, so. So that, that, was, that was a big change for me because then I actually felt responsible for somebody that was with me. And I'm like, okay, we're getting, and like all of a sudden things started happening really fast. But I even find that in my house, like if I want to do a big project and organize something or throw things out, if I have someone there, I do much better than if I'm by myself. I think that's true. Right. It's like, okay, you know, it centers me a little bit. It's like, okay, focus and center. So your new thing launched when? Uh, The end of September. It, so it's and, about five months right. old. And it's called? Get in the Groove. Get in the Groove. And tell, tell us about it. Um, so getinthegroove.com is a lifestyle destination for what I call age-defined women, which is code for 50-ish. Okay. Um, we don't talk about age on this site, but, you know, I like we had talked about earlier, I'm 53. I mean, I was 53 when I started One King's Lane. I'm 63 now. Um, and when I was wrapping up with One King's Lane, I started talking to a lot of women and all of a sudden it dawned on me, like, who's speaking to me? Like, where where am I hanging out, you know, online? Like, what's a good place for me to go to? And I was like, okay, ARP, good content, but not my thing. Right. It's like my nine-year-old Do you remember more, thing. more? More Magazine? Right, more, right. So More Magazine, it was women 40. Right. And I remember I kept telling the editor-in-chief, we need to do another magazine called Even More. Even More would because, be good. Yeah, right, because there's be so many women who are 70s and 80s. You know, I was in my 40s. Right. So 70 and 80 to most people was so old, but I knew cool 70-year-old, 80 people. Well, that, that's the thing. The lines are pretty blurred yeah. at this point. Nobody feels their age, but yet women in this demographic feel invisible. And they use this word all the time. Right. Like, why do they feel invisible? They're like healthier, they're wealthier, they're like more engaged, they're in a really good place. And so yet they're being ignored and underserved. So I felt like after doing research, talking to a lot of them, that I could actually, not all that different than what I did at One King's Lane, all the information's out there for sure. There's right. nothing you that is You have there. to curate it. You curate it. Let right. me pull it together for you. Let me bring product, uh, information, what's happening out there together in a really easy, digestible way to keep you informed so that you can stay in the groove. Because I think what happens as you start to get older is that the world's moving very quickly. And if you don't keep up with it, it just gets further and further away from you to the point that like then you can't even speak the language, right? So like they're speaking Greek over there and you're speaking English and you're like, I have no idea what's going on. And then you just feel out of it. Mm -hmm. So hopefully with, you know, in the groove, we're bringing information in a fun, 
easy way to digest it so that you know like what's the latest shoe what's what are the what are these acronyms that your kids are using when they're texting you what are some things that you can do you know while you're going through menopause i mean we really focus on fashion beauty and wellness i mean of course we touch on travel and entertaining and things like that but the core focus is on fashion beauty and wellness and have you done any kind of unofficial or official focus groups I did. So I did three focus groups before I launched um, with amazing women. We got a great cross-section of women before we launched. And the takeaway, didn't matter if you were single, married, divorced, kids, no kids, work, didn't work. They all said the same thing, which is, I feel invisible and I want to be relevant. And that was really the point for me that I was like, I can do something about this. And that's like, because I think it's such a big white space. And it was like, where do you even start here? So after talking to all these women in the focus group, it gave me clarity and I was able to focus on how I was going to actually go at it. And so when did you start doing sales, commerce? Uh, from the very beginning, you did. Yeah, we. But had, is, do you do your own or is it affiliate it's, it's links? A fili- it's so it's all affiliate now. You make money on affiliate links? Yeah, of course you can. Yeah, so of course, um, you know, taking inventory. We're a scrappy startup. I'm bootstrapping this business. We didn't raise money, so to take inventory is a very costly, you know, proposition. Yeah. So there are these great networks now where you can actually draw from products. So it's Shopify, Shopify reward style, skim yeah. links. There's a, there's a lot of them and you can find all kinds of awesome product and it allows me to really curate on a very regular basis, which is great. Like we see something we're like, that's a trend. Let's go after it. And you can like pull it together and get it up on the site. You know, the beauty of the right. internet, right? Right. Exactly. So, so it's, fast. it's a lifestyle. You know, it's a lifestyle brand. Totally. Yeah. yeah. A media company. You know, I've been having this conversation a lot. It's 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 a media slash, I guess, content company with commerce wrapped around. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, I don't it's know like, how many years it was, I was invited to be the one of the speakers. I had to fly to Turkey. Jonathan Newhouse, who was the, I don't know if he was the CEO or editor-in-chief of all the Vogues. They had all the top Vogue editors from all over the world. And I don't know why they thought I was the expert on it, but they wanted my my panel was discussing, you know, the new digital world. I mean, it was years oh, ago. Oh, that's interesting. And and the editorial was starting to kind of fade, and the, and someone asked me a question. You know, what do we do? Because do you have any suggestions? And I said, I know it makes no sense. But for me as a consumer, I'm frustrated because I read the magazine and I want something. I can't, can't get, get it. it. Why can't I just go on your website and press a button and buy it? And they're all like, never. We will edit, you know, the editors, we will never do commerce and this. And now they're all like Never scrambling. is like a word that you yeah. should not use. Yeah. Like never is a right. very long time. But I thought it was a great idea to have like some kind of great content and you could actually somehow buy it. Yeah. I mean, it's so great. You see something. I love that. Like instead of having to, you know, look around for right. it, you just can click on it and and get it or not. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like... That's the world we live in today. Well, so. thanks to Net-A-Porte. Yes. You know, that yes. was in the clothes world. Totally. A good one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, One King's Line in Home, right? Yeah. So one, that's like, exactly. you know, there were, there were disruptors in each mm-hmm. of those verticals. Right. And, you know. And so do you think this new site is a disruptor? I do in the sense that I just think this is this audience has been so ignored and underserved and like there's not a really great go to brand here. So I think like being able to create a brand that people have an affinity for at this age, I think is important. And then, you know, really building a community off of that. And, 
you know, there's something reassuring when you're thinking about things and you understand other people are thinking about them also, right? Or you're looking for information and you're hearing it from somebody that's, you know, in your demographic and not a 25-year-old editor. Right. Like there's just something different about that. So I do feel like what we're doing is different than what's out there for our demographic. I mean, it exists for other demographic. There's a lot of it for other demographics, but for our people, it's not, and, and not one, so much. And one Kings Lane made your own furniture and sold it. We did. We, and plus you you curated some things, right? Oh, mostly curated. And then mostly. the private label came okay. like so, later. Do you see a, a in the groove private label? I think. Possibly? It, I mean, you know, I think if we can build the brand to uh -huh. a point that it right. it is, you know, people really love it and they trust it, then I think there's an opportunity. Whatever that is, I don't know. Right. But like for you're not sure. talking about like depends. No. Like you know, in in the groove depends. <laughs> Hopefully no. <laughs> but I think you know, in the groove for sure. You know, and as maybe some sort of you know skincare in the groove. Uh, a line of dresses that have sleeves, you know. I mean, things, a line of shoes. That have you tried crepe arrays? I, you know I, that cream? I have not tried it, but my my dear friend who's a, a famous ex-actress swears by it. We have it on the site. Have I, you tried I it? I haven't tried it. but I just wonder what it is. Yeah. I know it's not natural. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, that's an interesting conversation, I think, for this customer, too, because I don't know if you find this. It's like I think we all want things that are good for us right. but we also want things that, that work are, that work so right. there's like a uh, there's a funny balance i think right. for uh people our age which is probably different than millennials but i also think the conversation around um i don't like the word aging the conversation about i don't like the word getting older mm. but the conversation to reach people who are not 20 anymore right and you know what we still want to look good. We and there's and there's certain beauty things that happen to people as they totally. get older. No one talks about it. Right. No one talks about the dry thinning hair. No right. one talks about you know the mid section yes. things. No one talks about the skin, even if you're like a fitness fanatic. Right. And that's something that I think has to be talked about. Right. You know, we with try solutions. To do that. We, yeah. try, we try to do that. I mean, you know, I don't know that we have the answers, but we can go out and research right. it and say, these are things that we're hearing about and you can try them. And maybe some of them we actually have tried. Like we have a section on the site called Groove Approved. So those are things that we've actually tried and that we like. And so like, you know, if you buy one of those products, we've actually used them and feel like they're good. And how many people work for you now? There's a core team of like five of us. And then we have obviously a big team of, of writers that, you know, depending on what we're working on that we, you know, call upon. But, you know, there's the daily people, the creative. We have a creative person. We have a, a social person. We have a developer, like all those kind of things. And do you have offices at the uh, moment? or are At you... the moment, they're at my house. They're at your house. Okay, yes. no. I mean, every business starts somewhere. Yeah, I started One King's Line in my house. Yeah. Actually, when we started One King's Line, Bob was starting his business. So mm -hmm. we had two businesses going out wow. of there, 10 phone lines. Oh, my gosh. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Yeah, so it's got yeah. good karma. Right. So we, yeah. we're, we're there for right now. Um, yeah, we we started this new business, um, Beauty Evolution, in a closet. Yeah, it used to be like a walk-in closet, and then now we have an office. But now we need another office. That's so good. I'm negotiating with my landlord, who oh, happens to be my husband, husband yes. about the next space. <laughs> I bet he's a tough negotiator. Are too. you kidding? He's really <laughs> tough. 
you know, today's work world is so different even than it was 10 years ago, right? Because it's a world of freelancers yeah. and it's a world of virtual yeah. offices. And, Thank God. Yeah. It's like, it's right? kind of liberating. I, it's funny because I always did that. Like I, one of the things I, I never asked permission at work and, you know, I didn't own my own company. I just thought I did. <laughs> and I started working from home on Mondays and I got so much done. And guess what? I could drop my kids off at school. Right. I could run in and volunteer to be, you know, the reading mom. And I did those things. And then I started adding Friday. And then I added Wednesday. And all the teams would come out to me. Because you can't sit around in an office and be creative. I don't care. You're probably so much more productive. I am so much more productive. And, you know, now when I'm traveling, the girls know. I want to know what's going on. What's happening? Who called? What's this? Right. Uh, I drive them a little crazy, but that's how I keep but on you, top. But you, you can't work from the Bahamas. Yeah, I could work from the Bahamas. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. That's yeah. good. That's the dream. It is definitely the dream. So I'm really excited to see where this new brand is going. I think that, you know, know knowing you, you've just started to touch the surface. We just got started. Yeah. So uh, who are some of your favorite interviews that you've had? Well, on there's the site? Bobby Brown, of, uh-huh. course. of uh, course. We just had Nancy Myers on the site, uh-huh. which is oh, cool. that's that's a really good one. Um, we have uh, the CEO of Violet Gray, which is a cool, um, as you know, Cassandra. Not Cassandra. It's April Yucatel, who's okay. the new CEO there. Okay. Um, we have some really cool ones coming up. A woman named Sheila Bridges, who's a, a designer that I know from One Kings Lane. She's really cool, and that's recently up. And we have uh, some good ones coming up. Diane English, who's a creator of Murphy Brown, sure. is coming up in a couple of weeks. So, you know, any time in my travels that I'm meeting interesting women that are in the zone of our demographic, I'm like, how about a profile? <laughs> uh, well, it's great because that's how you learn from other people. Exactly. It's like, all right, who makes your earrings? Exactly. Who's exactly. earrings to those? Who do these? The big loops. Oh, uh, you know what? I bought them actually at One King's Land oh, at the Southampton really? store. Oh, yeah. that's so funny. I know. I saw them. I'm like, I yeah. have to have this. I'll find out who Because the ones are. that I wear, Michelle, what's his name again? Dean Harris. Those are great. Harris, I've, I've yeah. looked at those f- yeah. from your recommendations. Okay. Yeah, those, those are, are great. Really but I'll find out who these are. Because I, I honestly, I'm so like fanatical about when I put something on my on the Just Bobby site that it's actually something I like. Yes, of because course. Because sometimes I go on other people's sites and I'm like, come on. Right. No, Are you I really look, wearing all this stuff? I doubt it. I, I look at what you put oh. on there. I like I like yeah. your Yeah, And it's hard it's because, I, you know, as I was telling the guys today, I'm like, no matter what I wear, I look the same. Right? I just, I thought I had new pants, a new sweater. I'm like, I feel like you look different today. Really? Yeah, you've got uh, I have black pants. All right, they're a little. I like those pants. What are they? These are Neely Lowden. Oh, do you know Neely? You have to write something on her. Yeah. They are, she tailors so beautifully. She, I have a bunch of her pants. Yeah. My, my problem is everything is big on me, though. <laughs> I need because you're short. Because so, I'm short. It's like. Yeah, how do you buy pants with zippers on the These bottom? are a size zero. Oh, no, no, no. There are two. They're not a zero. These are a two. And they're huge. They're just. Well, they're... that's one of the reasons I actually like that line because it runs big. Yeah, I know. But am I, Neely, do I have to start wearing zeros? Yeah, you might. You know. Like I'm wearing a four and I am okay. not a four. So okay. Well, like... I am a two. That's why I'm wearing oh, But it's okay. big on me. Yeah. So I will have to get you a zero. Should, you need a zero. Okay. Yeah. And I like your shoes too. Thank you. These are Ryan Bazen's Babenzian. That the name Ryan, of the yeah, greats, greats. Oh, the, oh, I, I love need to the meet him. I yeah. love them. We're yeah, selling his shoes like crazy. Tell him. Oh, I will tell yeah. him. You know, I just look for things that are comfortable. Well, I think also in today's world, at least for me, I don't know, maybe feel the same way. It's like if I find something that I like and I look good in, 
It's all I need. Yeah. I don't need a lot of stuff right. anymore. And by and, the way, I know that if I, if Stephen called, which he would never call and say we're going to a black tie, but if he ever called and said we're going to a black tie tonight, I would just say grab my high shoes, right. grab my sparkle earrings, I'll put some eyeliner on. I don't have to change my outfit. It's so good. And but But that's what's happening now where we used to, like I was honored by Fashion Group International years ago. The racks of clothes and the stylus, just to find a black dress right. was like absurd. Right. And you know what? I still have the black dress. And guess what? I've not worn it because I wear like tuxedo things to things so Which I could great. be comfortable. But that's the thing. Like you need to find whatever that is and right. have that in your closet. Like, yeah. you know, for me, it might be a black dress that mm -hmm. is perfect. And so it's easy. I just pull it out and I know what shoes I wear with it and you can change the accessories or whatever. Right. Uh, you know what? Since we were speaking about being of a certain age. I look great in a black dress. I don't like the way my knees look anymore. Yeah. Well, you need to wear a certain length. But I'm too short to wear that long length. Uh, I feel like if it's right under your knee, you would be fine. I, but but is there anything that, like, works on the knees? I, like haven't, the, I haven't investigated that because, actually, yeah. I have my knee replaced. <gasps> so I've been Oh, so you have on new that. knees? One new so knee. So should I get two new knees? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it doesn't do anything for the skin. Uh, it's only inside. My husband said they look fine, but they bug me. Yeah. Well, they then, bug me. then if it bugs you, then don't. Yeah. You know, I wear, wear pants. pants. I wear pants. And I wear really short shorts in the Bahamas. Yeah. But you should, wear, you should wear pants. And yeah. there's great suits out there. Right. Like if you're going to something dressy. And if not, who cares? Right. right. Exactly. exactly. So, no, it's, it's you know, it's interesting to be able to. Find yourself and then just say, this is who I am. Exactly. It's comfortable. That, that's, yeah. that's the part yeah. about aging that's the best. It is. It's yeah. like I, I always say the, the 50s are the oh shit decade and the 60s are like, oh, fuck it. Exactly. You know, just fuck it. Whatever. <laughs> I just wait till I'm 70 and 80, guys. I'm yeah. just warning Watch you. out. Watch out. That will be your warning label. Watch out. So um, I always like to ask every guest on the show if there's one thing you could tell people that are listening, and I think people will be interested in either of the topics, which is, you know, starting a, a cool business or the aging process. What advice that people could say, oh, my God, I learned this from Susan? Yeah. Okay, I'll give you one for each. Okay. So I think on business, and I say this all the time, it's just like stay focused and keep it really simple. Like we live in a crazy world today and like people are just moving way too fast to, you know, have things be complicated. So, and it actually relates to the aging too, which is I do believe this less is more. It's, mm. you know, sort of carries through the theme on both business and personal and how you live. I mean, it's like, you know, from everything from the clothes that we're talking about to, uh, you know, how you, you know, deal with your skin and makeup. I mean, you probably could speak, you know, hours on this, but it's like, you know, as you get older, you're not going to want to wear more makeup. You're going to want to wear less makeup and it feels actually kind of good, you yeah, know, and it actually looks better and it looks better. Right. So I would say, you know, Stay focused, keep it simple, and less is more, you know. Excellent. And where could people find you? So you can find it's getinthegroove.com, and our uh, Instagram and Facebook are at getinthegroove1. And they can find me at Susan K. Feldman on both Instagram and Facebook. Excellent. Thanks so much for coming Thank on you. the show. Thank you for having me. And that was my conversation with Susan Feldman. Love listening to entrepreneurs. And what's really cool, guys, is she did not start One King's Lane until she was 53 years old. So if you guys are listening, don't quit your job yet, but listen to her story, and I think you will really get a little bit of confidence that anything is possible. And that's it for this episode of Long Story Short. 
If you like the show, tell a friend. Also, rate and review the show in Apple Podcasts. If you have any questions for me, email them to askbobbybrown at gmail.com. Or you can follow me on Instagram at justbobbybrown and let me know who you'd like me to interview, anything else you want to see. Thanks for listening. This is Long Story Short with Bobby Brown, a Gallery Media Group production.